May 1st, 2013, is SWAT from Pedro's show. delighted to be back in the United States, my hunting ground of 35 years, the country where I had my innings in the social and economic struggle and where I decided to devote myself to the presentation of anarchism a social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual, of the human race. What is your opinion of Italy? Beautiful country minus Mussolini. 
Mr. Oldman, should the government here object to your speeches of anarchism, would you change them or leave the country? I will leave the country rather than deny my ideas. I prefer to stick to my guns. for Pedro show uh, just back from New York City we started to, oh yeah first off happy May Day uh, started the show off with uh, John Coltrane doing uh, like Sunny uh, alternate version uh, take two incomplete maybe some clam or Mr. Coltrane says uh, they weren't sounded like they weren't playing the same thing I think is what he says then we heard uh, Emma Goldman uh, speaking a little for herself in uh, 1934 and after that, Dream E. Isolaco. And uh, I'm not the love grotto with Brother Matt. He was detained by uh, L.A. Dodger commitment that he had forgot about. <laughs> but I'm not alone. It's not a man alone show here at uh, my pad, Pedro. I got uh, Chris Lard with me. Thank you. Welcome aboard. Oh, thank you. If people have heard his music before, I've played a lot of it and, and stuff on his label he's put out that I've got to be a part of. Actually, I've got to be a part of some of his stuff, too. We'll hear a little later. Uh, but welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks so much, Thanks for, man. You came over from Long Beach, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so you didn't have to, you didn't have much of a hell ride. Yeah, no, I just came over the 110. Uh, Chris, um, really, 110, what'd you do then? Because the 110 ain't in Long Beach. Must to, have took yeah, a road to get I, over. I came, I came from uh, Carson, actually. Took so Carson over to 110, <laughs> yep. all right. So you went by the turd farm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, going way back, I don't know how early it is, but what, what's your first musical thing that you can recall? You know, I was playing the clarinet. So you were a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid. I started playing clarinet. I was terrible, no good at it. What, how'd that happen? It was in school? It was in school, yeah, elementary school. And it was sort of just like, you know, kind There's of There's a like, music class? Yeah. People, this is the days when there was music classes at school. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I got, it was sort of like an option. You know, it was like, hey, you want to, like, if you're interested in this, come check it out. So You know, they've scissored a lot of that stuff. I know it. And people like Dolphy and Mangus, people came out of the public schools. That's right, yeah. So that was that was kind of where I jumped in and... I even did a thing where I, you know, I was like playing in like, you know, in a, in a so terrible option. orchestra. So it was like a elective or something. That's right. So you want to do something artistic and yep. you took music and uh, they picked said a, what instrument you want. Yeah. The licorice I, stick. Yeah. <laughs> so I picked clarinet. And Why? I, yeah, I just didn't understand. I don't, you know, it was just... Uh, what about in the house before that? Were you hearing records? Oh, man. Yeah, my dad is a big... My dad's got such weird music musical taste. Like growing up, 
I remember listening to like the heavy metal soundtrack for the cartoon that movie. You remember that from like '77? I mean, like uh, that heavy metal cartoon, like France animation. Yeah, yeah, it was like all animated, and it, that had a weird soundtrack. It was like Devo, Black Sabbath, wow. Cheap Trick, Nazareth. Yeah, Stevie Nicks, like... Stevie Nicks. You know what I mean? This weird combination, right? So I was listening to that. And then my, you know, and then my mom was always listening to Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, Joni Mitchell, uh, Police, you know, around the house, you know. So there's a lot of music in the pad. Yeah. But none of those cats are clarinet players. You know what? I I think the thing is, you know, eventually I, I figured out, I, I never took to the instrument, really. And I think it was just a desire to be involved with music. And uh, eventually, I jumped over to guitar. Enough of that school on your own, you went to the guitar. Yeah, I think the thing was, one of the reasons I never stuck, it just never, the clarinet never meant anything because I didn't understand how music worked, you know. It was just a melodic instrument. So I was like, well, how do you write a song? It didn't. It wasn't part of the folk tradition, so I wasn't. I didn't grow up listening. I mean, my my grandfather listened to a lot of Benny Goodman, so so there was a little bit, right? But and I think maybe he kind of was into the fact that I was trying clarinet because he was a Benny Goodman and like Lionel Hampton fan. Like that was the era that he came up with. Yeah, there's a movie in Pedro where they. I think that's where they find Lionel Hampton. He's working in a kitchen. Oh yeah, I think that's yeah. The Gene Krupa story. Yeah, where Steve Allen yep. is like Gene Krupa, and totally. everybody else is kind of themselves. Right, right. They go to go playing Catalina or something. <laughs> Classic. Oh wow. Okay, so you go to guitar. What you do? Buy a pawn shop guitar. And... Yeah, my my. <laughs> the, there was a place that was like right off of that, like that di- Los Coyotes, not Los Coyotes, like right right off of one of those diagonals, like right off of uh, Carson and like Lakewood Boulevard, and it was oh. like a music tutoring spot and there was a guy named there named Keith I think that I was taking clarinet lessons from well there was another dude there named Marty and he gave the guitar lessons right mm-hmm. so I grabbed I grabbed this like really hilarious like uh, kind of strat copy with like a lightning bolts on it and yeah, of right you know it was like oh man this is you know this is where it's at you know? it's got lightning bolts yeah <laughs> come on so I, I grabbed that and then and then crazy thing is you know I, was t- I took lessons for like a year and it started slowly making sense to me just the building blocks of music and uh and then my teacher this guy marty austin turns out he was like a huge like prog fusion freak right yeah. so at one point i think i told him like hey mom, my mom's not gonna pay for lessons anymore and he goes like all right like let me give you this is the stuff so he's like mahavishnu Right, he's like, you got to see that. Is that right? At the Long Beach Arena. No kidding. They had a curtain, and so it was smaller, but yeah, yeah. And it was the one with those guys, you know, Jan Hammer and yeah, yeah, Goodman, Jerry Goodman, uh, Rick Laird, and Billy Billy Cobham, Billy Cobham, yeah, Rick Laird on the bass, and of course John McLaughlin sure. on a double neck. <laughs> of course, yeah, twelve string like the SG fuzz, or something like yeah, that. Through fuzz tone, yeah, and playing lead guitar through a twelve string on fuzz, electric, but it was pretty. It was different than the other Prague, I got to tell you. Yeah. There was something about that was very emotional and visceral, where I didn't get that with the uh, Return to Forever or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. I never got into Return to Forever, but, I, you know, when when he when, when Marty kind of put me on, he was like, okay, Mahavishnu, 
Alan Holdsworth. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, he's like start checking out some old, some of this weird like yes stuff. The later period, like mid period, like Steve, Steve Howe. Howe. He's like you got to check out like Tempest Fugit. Some of these tunes like off of uh, you know like drama and like Tormato and he's going for the one and some weird records because. I was into Fragile when I was a kid. I actually saw Yes at the Forum when they were on that, like... I saw them only once I fell asleep. <laughs> there was a lot of keyboard. The guy could play guitar. I'm not saying in the, the bass. I found out later it was Dude, a bass player's band, actually. That's right. And Squire's a huge Coltrane Is he? freak. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't have guessed that. He, he had this weird thing where, you know, he played through that Rickenbacker and he had like two outs and one would go through a bass amp, one would go through a guitar amp. Yeah. So that's how he got that snarly. And with a pick. Yeah. The so, roundabout bass line is so huge. Dude, the, the bass sounds on some of those old records are phenomenal, man. Uh, tell me something. We're going to play some of your music here. And for some reason, I thought this was early stuff for you because it was a band and not your name. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, something called Wide Streets. Wide Streets. So this is a group. From, so this like way down the, we'll go back to your old yeah, story yeah but. yeah yeah but so yeah like wide streets is <clears throat> that was a, a a group that was kind of forming you know after we did that that seven inch together with uh, uh rare grooves yeah. that we called you in on and then yeah, you came down that's right same cat so it's like danny and Tabor from widow babies and rare grooves they they had this other cat jet that they met and they were like you know we got this new thing we want to try this out we want you to produce it and help us put it together. So they wrote a lot of these tunes, and then I came in, came in with arrangement ideas, started playing some guitar, um, brought in a couple other cats like this guy Philip Glenn playing violin and uh, Anthony Shattuck playing upright bass wow. and um, Andrew Pompey. A lot of cats were involved in the Psychic Temple stuff coming in, sure. and and it, but this totally different style of stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, because these young guys brought it. That's they, right. where they were the ger- a germ. That's right. That's right. Okay, let's listen to it. Right, the train home from the 
we started off there with uh, Chris and uh, his community. Yeah. We had two young men bring him a prod. She brings on board his uh, people and they uh, commiserate to make this wide streets. A tune called Sometimes We Walk. And after that, we had the hysterical injury with Bitches Balls. Petra Hayden with God's Lonely Man, her new album. A cappella uh, movie soundtrack. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She did that with The Who, right? That's right. Yeah. I was never meant to be an album. I just asked her to do that. I gave her an eight-track cassette. Yeah. I put it on track eight. I said, now you fit, you sing along. She never heard it, right? Yeah. She grew up with jazz. And right, right. So she just sang along to it. Yeah. And Pete took her to Townsend, took her to Chow. He no kidding. It. He said Roger hated it. Wow. <laughs> then we heard Jelly Pop Smiles by Guided by Voices. Uh, Bob Pollard, you know, with his monthly release. Right. <laughs> this guy's probably I know. <laughs> Great, great stuff. Uh, Weird Circles by Terramelos. They got a new album. Terramelos out of Sacktown, but on the road right now on tour. Then No Mercy. Did you remember them? No. They're from the late 70s in San Francisco. Okay. Just a drummer and a singer. Oh. A tune called Fashion Chant. And finally, Wharton Tears Ensemble with the randomness of insects. Wharton Tears, I got to record. He's got a studio. I can't remember the name, but it's in Manhattan. And I got to record with Bob Quine and his band. No kidding. Yeah, everybody said, "Watch out, the dude's me." Yeah, but he turned out to be a sweetheart, man. He's beautiful, and I love his playing. You know, on the Voidoid. You know, there's a cat. I was thinking on the yeah. way for years, man. I've been meaning to ask you a cat that you played with that is one of my all timers, man. Chris Whitley. Oh yeah, you played on that Terra Incognito record, yeah, right? Yeah, turned it up in Oxnard. Yeah, yeah. And I drove up there, dude. Tell me about that. Dougie Baum was a drummer. Yeah, dude. I've always loved his playing. Dougie's the one I made the floor by floor with. Yeah, yeah. Nels Clyde Yuka Honda. Result of that was them getting married. Amazing. Dougie was the ex husband. It was his studio that he has with Ivan Julian, which was the other guitar man in Voidoids with Bob Quark. <laughs> so, it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comes back together. Chris was beautiful, man. He could sing, he could play. I think a Texan guy who knew blues knew it. It was in him. Yeah. He was just, I think cancer got him or something. Yeah. Too young, way too young. Dude, I bought that record. He's brand beautiful, new, man. man. I, there's some about he his He had a bad music. story, like they wanted to make him merch. Right, and with that was, first record, that Living with the Law record, very like uh, yeah. a, adult contemporary, a lot of synthesizers and shit. And then the next record, he comes out with that Den of Ecstasy, like crazy aggressive. But that's what he wanted to do. Alienated all of yeah. those OG fans, which I thought was like, dude, you gotta have like balls to do yeah, that. church right? bells. And, I mean, <laughs> and then I just loved it. Like, it seemed like everything after that, he just followed his heart. Like, he was just like, I'm gonna do yeah. this. I wanted to do that. Yeah. I he mean, had I, a lot of courage. There's a lot of cats. You know, what, the rock and roller coaster or whatever, they want to take the ride and yeah. tie on the puppet screens. Cry about it later. Yeah, yeah. And Chris said, No. I want to, you know, sing my song. Yeah. Great, great cat. Thanks for bringing him up. I got to play something from him. I also got to, uh, he played slide guitar on a Blue Oyster Cult song I did. Yeah. Um, with the two Bouchard brothers, the drummer and the bass. Uh, Dominance and submission. <laughs> <laughs> Off secret treaties. Classic, man. Yeah, yeah. That's old school BOC. Yeah, old school BOC. Man, thanks for bringing him up. People, check out Chris Whitley's music if you can. I'll play more on the show. I have played a lot of his stuff. He was just something else. And the most 
gentle, kind man. Really good cat, deep cat. Dougie too. Yeah, I'm always a big fan fan of his. Wow. Look, what 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 about this uh, the Starry King hears laughter one? Okay, so this is a this is a track from the record that's coming out in 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 July of this year um, from the new Psychic Temple record. This was a tune that I that I wrote, uh, and I sort of had it. You know, I just had this melody. I heard I in my like as I was writing it, I could hear Chris Tyner playing trumpet wow. on it, and um, so you kind of wrote it for him. Sort of, yeah. There's certain melodies, man. I I just hear certain people playing, you yeah. know, certain parts. Like as like I'm writing it, like they inhabit it. You like know a what playwright I mean? with a movie. I want this guy totally. to act it. That's right. I remember. Uh, this quote from Robert Altman, and he said something like, uh, you know, I don't have to... Or the actor, like, asked him for, you know, like, give me some direction. He goes, well, I, I cast you for that part, so that's, that's it. That's it. Right. That's you. That's the geo. That's, you know? And so, like, that's how I kind of approach a lot of music, too. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I want you. Like, I can hear you, I'm feeling you, and I'm not... I'm so sensitive to like each musician that I'm not going to try to put them in a situation that wouldn't bear fruit for them. You know what I mean? You're giving them a launch pad. Yeah. Like we're cause You're like, not giving them like the paint by number. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember I did this one thing with like Lynn Johnston a long time yeah, ago. Saxman. Yeah. Where I had so him, I had him doing, uh, you know, I went to his house and recorded him and it was for this kind of weird, like, uh, kind of like, uh, these old, like public domain, Tunes that like I kind of rearranged, and I had him do these crazy like multi-layered parts. And I remember afterward, he was like, he was like, I've never done anything like that. Well, that's the gift you gave him, you know. And so it was Righteous that first. that felt good. Let's but, listen. All right.
Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, you just heard the Puzzle Panthers doing Now I Hear Laughter. The Laughter is a germs cover. Mike D singing. Or is Mike D on the drum? Yeah. I think Dave Markey's on the drums and K on bass, Thirst on Guitar. Deer Hunter before that new album. Tune called Neon Junkyard. Had that Glimpse Trio. You know these cats? No. Bay Area? Uh uh-uh. They're kind of prod. They're okay. on tour now. A tune called I Owe You. The Paranoid Critical Revolution, Crash and Burn. You heard them? They're East Coast. They're New York City. I haven't. Reg Blore, she uh, runs uh, Glenn Renka's symphony. Oh, okay. His wife did. Yeah, yeah. Or he's the husband. <laughs> That's right. I see. And ahead of that was Us Free, Family Room. Hey, Evan. To see him in New York City yesterday, or day before yesterday, uh, and then we start off the Star Star King. Here's laughter one. There's more than one. No, no, that's just the that's okay. it. Yeah, you know, and that that tune is kind of about Bill Evans. Uh, it, it's sort of this 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 conflation of like, you know, William Blake, some of his sure. So like his whole the painter and poet yeah and yeah his whole thing maybe with the this, first hippie three hundred years right. Ago his stuff looks so much like comic book panels, it's crazy, right? <laughs> but, I mean, he had this character of Urizen, you yeah. know? And so I always, so in this the Starry King, that's one of Urizen's other names is the uh-huh. Starry King. Oh, there you go. So I, I had this thing, I heard this interview with Paul Motion. Oh, and, man. And he said... A good friend of Pat. Is that right? Yeah, he passed away from cancer. Yeah, right? man. She made a whole album with him. Oh, no kidding. I oh, played yeah, a bunch right. on the show. That's right. Family standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him in New York at the Village Vanguard, like, in February of the year that he passed away. I was out there doing a Psychic Temple gig, and we were all, we like, all the cats, had we'd flown out. Tabor was there. We all went out, and I said, guys, Paul Motion's playing Village Vanguard. Like, we gotta go. And we went, and it was like, it was, there was some transference there. Oh, like, man. I remember the thing that just killed me about the whole thing is, like, he was playing with the, I think, his group that had, like, I want to say that you have two bassists that night, and then that guy uh, on, uh, uh, on on piano and a dude on sax. And I remember at one point, it, he didn't play the, the kick drum for, like, 20 minutes. And then when he did, it, like, knocked everybody off their chair. It killed me, man. Like the bomb. Yeah, like, you know, everybody's so, like... It's almost like that thing in us, like where we want to like show everybody what we could do all the time. Right. And he was so far past that. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't care. And then, it, just that he took that he took like this orchestral approach, like beautiful brushwork. Yeah. And then eventually, boom! One kick drum hit, and it, it was like a thousand decibels, dude. It was like. It like I mean I fell off my chair. It came out of nowhere, you know, because you were he lo- he pulled you in. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Which is you know, good expression is always like that. A poem, a movie, a book, a tune. Yeah, it's about yeah the fabric connected. Look, we're at the end of the first hour of the May Day, two thousand thirteen. Watch Peter show. Hold tight for hour two. May first, two thousand thirteen. It's the second hour. Of the Watt. Pedro Show.
Pedro Show here with Chris Larb. May Day special show here. Start off the second hour with Find It from Solo Musica. Uh, happy Cycling Bad Day from Peel Session Board of Canada. I guess they got a new album. Uh, Rocket from the Tombs, which was kind of proto Ubu, right? Out of yeah. Cleveland with I Sell Soul. Uh, Ava Mendoza and Nick Tamburo with uh, Two Second ship sh- Shapeshift. Are you familiar? No. Buddies of Evan and uh, Devin and Nels. Okay. She's Bay Area uh, guitarist. Incredible. Yeah. I got to be at a gig. Actually, I was jamming with her for a benefit for 
something. But uh, she's amazing. And then finally, uh, the world premiere of Till I Die by Chris Lawn. And uh, this is from the brand new stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we want to go back to the story of the, you get into music, you've got a guitar yeah. with lightning bolts. Yeah. The man, I mean, Ma can't, she can go springboard for lessons anymore. Right. So Marty here gives you the, the fundamental, yeah, the lowdown. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's funny, man, because he, so he gives me, you know, he's like, Ma Vishnu, uh, Holdsworth, uh, Crimson, you know, like, Trip. yep. On the stool. Yeah. You get yeah. a stool? Yep. No. You did? Yeah. I started, I, I play a lot sitting down, actually. Uh, I remember hearing something about that where, like, Greg Lake told uh, Fripp he looked like a mushroom or something. Like, <laughs> right. you know, he's he's like, the first thing. Yeah. He's like, I think they grew up together, though. Is that right? They knew each other a long time. But, which is so trippy. I, I found that out way later. Yeah. I had a bootleg in the old days, though. And somebody in the crowd between tunes, because he had a mic, even though he didn't sing, he yeah. would, like, spiel, right? Right. Somebody yelled out, Boogie. And he got pissed. He goes up to the mic. He's, we do not boogie. <laughs> Which I heard was the real per, uh, pronunciation of bougie boy. Is that right? From the Devo. Oh, yeah, yeah. They just didn't ran out of G's. So they had to use a J, but nobody ever said bougie boy. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was short for bourgeois. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, it was funny. boogie. That's funny. Because, you know, they're, they're kind of older guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so yeah, so he, you the thing. yeah, he gives me all that stuff, and then I ended up going out, and I, there used to be a record store right down the street from my dad's house, and I walked over there and I, I picked up a whole an Alan Holdsworth tape, of Metal Fatigue, and I came back to my dad's house, and I was like I don't know fourteen, fifteen, yeah, somewhere around there, I put it in this like big old component stereo thing my dad gave me, and I listened, and I and I had this moment, man, it was like this. Paul on the road to Damascus, you know, type of situation where I saw. Yes, Saul. That's right. He was Saul. He was Saul at that point, right? So, like, I had this whole thing where I was just like, I I thought either, like, I kind of, after I listened to Holdsworth, I was like, well, I never heard anybody play guitar like that. I mean, so fluid. Like, he's like that Coltrane. He wanted to do Coltrane. Was he doing a synth yet on that album? Not on that record. You know, he got into that later. It was all electric guitar. Uh And it was just these, like, Unbelievable! Actually, he might be on some Dan records. Maybe Katie lied. <laughs> what? I mean, he might. Derringer too. I think that's right. Rick Derringer is on that stuff. Yeah, but maybe Holdsworth or Barry Carlton. Or, yeah, man. I mix my names up. These guys, incredible musicians. Yeah, yeah. Did he have a, a band called some Fire Merchants with Chester Thompson? You know what? That was that. I think that they was... played Bogarts in Long Beach, and I was on the bill. No kidding, dude. Chester Thompson. Because the Holdsworth name love... is ringing bells in my head. Now. Yeah, I, I love. But basically, I had this moment where I was like, either I could quit this guitar thing because I'm never gonna get, I'm never gonna be as good oh, as this so guy. Oh, so intimidating. Or, yeah. And this is the path that went. I said, or I could do what he did, and he found his own voice, right? So that was like my moment where I was like, okay, either quit because you'll never be that good, you'll never be that fast. Copying, quit copying. Yes. Or, or go for your own. Or just make my own thing, and that's the path I tried to, right. I've tried to go it's down. Righteous. You know. At the end of the day, that adds to the big vocabulary yeah. that we're all in. Yeah. What, what the, culture you call the reservoir. Yeah. That's it, man. I mean, but that was that was an important that was 
What was the name of the album? Seminal for me. Metal Fatigue. Metal Fatigue. Yeah. He was tired of the metal. Yeah. He and heard he was, that he was, heavy metal soundtrack. And he was kind of making it. fun of it a little bit. In the uh, the very first track, he's he's doing these like weird like harmonic, like distorted, you know, ah. things. And then it kind of like, then it gets all into his kind of sound, yeah. you know. But I think for me, it was really helpful because I was coming out of, like in high school, I was yeah. playing in like gospel choir uh, for Jordan. I went to, you know, in North Long Beach. I know Jordan. So I was playing in gospel choir there. It was it was rough, man, for sure. So they were we play them, yeah, Marine League, yeah, totally right. So I I was playing in in the gospel choir there, and we ended up playing like no, no, just playing guitar. Oh, playing guitar. But we had a band. We had a good band. Okay. And uh, so I was playing electric guitar in the gospel choir. We played on like BET. You know what I mean? It was like some kind of cool stuff happening. Uh, And then I was playing on a lot of like gangster rap songs for like high school kids they would do sessions they're like oh come out play guitar on my track or whatever and so I did one of these types of sessions oh so you're recording stuff well I was just kind of like doing a session thing yeah, you know mouse. yeah basically so because at this point you still don't have a band no I, I, I didn't even know what I was doing you know just doing I'm just playing records yeah and then with these kids at but, school but see then the thing is I did yeah. this session for this group <clears throat> out in like Inglewood when I was like 16, 17 and uh, the guy who was like the quote unquote producer, he was like, oh man, he's, I was just doing harmonics and some silly melody and stuff. He was, this guy goes, look, he goes, I want you to write more stuff for this group. And he gave me a four track. Whoa. Like as payment, kind of. And he's like, just you put your ideas. Yourself. And that, after that, it was over, man. Like after that, I broke the clarinet back out. I started doing Whoa. acoustic guitar stuff. My brother had a drum set, so I'd like go and play drums. I was like listening to like, Genesis and stuff so I'd like try to be like oh I'm gonna try to do this like rhythm like Phil Collins and then I'll record like acoustic guitar and then clarinet just start like, laying <laughs> it up like Paul yes. last Paul totally totally uh, what, what what about this daughter of Ursa Major yeah man that that's was a tune we're gonna hear next yeah that was a tune I, I wrote for my, my I know wife. we're jumping ahead again no that's alright but we'll get back yeah. to the old story yeah I wrote that tune for my, my wife and her sister they were born in Pedro Ursa's bear that's right. It's also that, the name of the Big Dipper. That's right. That's they called their dad, the Bear. Oh, okay. And uh, he, you know, uh, he, it's funny, man, because they're they're from they're Pedro girls. Okay. Uh, their grandpa still lives like what over by the Can Can Bar. You know where that's from? Sure, on Pacific. Yeah, was first. first in Pacific, right? Yeah. Um, De Boone lived near there, Santa Cruz. That's kind of a that's a kind of a little rough There's spot. Some rough. Yeah. I went to that. <laughs> The guy, there's a guy who I don't know if he owns the can can or what, but he was friends with my wife's uh, grandpa, and like there was a De La Hoya fight on one time, and he, he was like, he's like, they just call him compadre, like everybody just is like, oh, that's com- that's compa, that's compadre. He wears like a white suit all the time, yeah. and he's like, he's like, he's like, come, come, come. He's like, so I go into like the back of the can can yeah. bar, and we're like watching the De La Hoya fight on like a little tiny TV and he's like bringing me like shrimp ceviche <laughs> it was like, yeah. I was like dude I'm in another world right now but well let's hear anyway. this Daughters of Versa Major this is for you Dom <laughs> also in Spanish huh? that's From right there.
How's everything? Nothing. Just have just have a few people over. PhD. How's everything? Her pale eight angels with uh, quiet nowhere. Ahead of that was Mini Beast, Oxygen Thief, uh, John Truby and the Ugly Janners of America with uh, nude sexuality in the afternoon. Uh, Frischia. Ahead of that with my first robot, Black Bananas. Before that, Night Walker. 
before that was Windshield Smasher, the instrumental version by Black Moth Super Rainbow. Uh, Terry Genderbender headed out with Shame You're All I've Got, the slow version, and we start all off with Daughters of Ursa Major Kushlar. Okay, you get the four track. Yeah, and I get the four track, and then it was just off to the races. It's like started layering stuff, put a couple little projects together here and there with like uh, some some guys I was playing with my my friend Grant Howard, who's a drummer. Big, he was a big like Stuart Copeland freak, right? So just those that Please? yeah, okay. those real like kind of tight, kind of like reggae, kind of uh, hip hop sort of proto hip hop kind of thing. Yeah, and so we, like we did some stuff together for a long time, and then that. That eventually that turned into a little trio uh, called the Convergence Ensemble. We did a little bit of recording here and there. I don't That's know if just you remember. two. If it's a trio, who's the third? Uh, this cat, uh, Manuel Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. He was playing fretless bass. Whoa! And uh, tearing it up, what, like man. Jocko kind of trip. You know what? He was he was kind of like he's kind of on that. I mean, not he was not a showy player yeah. at all, man. Real, I mean, just a real tasteful cat, you know. But. Uh, that was still I felt you know listening back to that kind of stuff I trip out on like how I kind of trip out on like how unsophisticated it is right like that it's just it's like I got an idea like you got an idea let's put our ideas together make it and and just go and I and I and I do like that I really like that kind of did you guys start doing gigs man we rehearsed for months because we were just you know going over and over these tunes making them more complicated and we did like one gig right and then and then what happened after that right classic and then we right after that I jumped into a group called Create with uh, Orlando Greenhill on bass and Steve Richardson on drums and we never practiced we'd only talked about playing and then we played a show we never rehearsed we played it out at you remember the hub out in Fullerton OC yeah so we just rolled out there Midland OC and then we just yeah and then Close we just to Disneyland. yeah right yeah. used to have that spot the Reagan years right there it was like all the arcade games so that that was the those are the extremes right going from like rehearsing rehearsing playing one show then never rehearsing and just saying like, play and then that's what I started doing for the next few years create we just played hundreds hundreds of shows yeah, you, you practiced totally and we were just, you know, we were throwing stuff out there. But that was an amazing learning experience for me because there's nothing like being in front of people, having no idea in your mind. Like, you're, the clarity and the confusion are, like, sure, battling sure. it out, you know. So that was a that was the school. The reality of the dealio. That was school for me. I never went to school. Like, when I was in Music high school, school, yeah. When I was in high school, they were like, oh, Ber- you should go to Berkeley and all this stuff. And I was like... Who's got, money to, who's got money to do that? You know? Like, I, then I started thinking... You know they, what I heard, though? People say you go there to make connects. For sure. It's like almost like frats in That's right. colleges. That makes sense. It's after the school. Yeah. But I, I was thinking, like, did Coltrane go to Berkeley? I don't think so. Like, did Monk go to Berkeley? I mean, these cats, they Coltrane's learned. first recording is in the Navy. Right, right. So I said, like, I'm just going to learn. I'll go to the School of Hard Knocks and just yeah, learn. Yeah, that, that's cool. I mean? Yeah. I mean, we're all learners. Sometimes a little more institutionalized than others. Sure, times. sure. I'm still wow. learning. So all them gigs was really it changed the education, it, oh, man. music. Okay. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And it, yeah, it was it was amazing. That was that was how I really started to develop a, a kind of uh, I don't know a little bit of like 
Uh, We're getting that a personality. voice. Yeah, that's right. You start to find your voice. How about the end of the second hour, May 1st, 2013 edition of Show? People, please hold tight for hour three. Uh, May 1st, 2013's third hour, Watt for Pedro Show.
about the pappy. <laughs> Here goes that the pappy.
For Peter, we started the third hour off with uh, Spielgesser doing Enter My Thumb. Uh, Richard not Spieling. Uh, but uh, his name is Shimmy, as you go. Doing instrumental. Then uh, Perdag Delebisich with uh, The Sun Will Be Behind My Back. Uh, Bob Lee with Fearless Leader and Brick Shit House after that. Dolphin Smile from Blue Coop. That's got uh, Joe Bouchard from Boyster Coat and Dennis Dunaway and Neil Smith from Alice Cooper. Wow. Yeah, get it? Blue Coop. Yeah. Blue Oyster Cult, <laughs> Alice Cooper. Yes. Yeah. And then Pellet Gun with uh, Bad Map Number One. Uh, Blow Mud Sellout. Boy, that's got a great drummy man, uh, Richie West. Oh, yeah. Buddy of now is from the sure. improv. Yeah. Um, Rat King from Dead Reverend. After that, Corruption and Ideals from Sigotti, their new album. Uh, Pappy, which was done live on the air uh, here on the show maybe a year ago from Cochinas. And then finally, I got to do a bass solo here, courtesy of Mr. Chris, had me aboard. White Dove in the Psychic Temple. Thank you so much for uh, letting me play on that, oh, be a man. part of it. It, it put me in a context. Mind. I mean, I was shit the PK log. I was so scared because <laughs> I wanted to do good for you. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, thank you, dude. There, I feel like that that tune that there was, was just a pocket in there, yeah. and like it's the same kind of thing. Like I could hear you playing that yeah. tune, and what you ended up doing was like, just it was beyond what I honestly was like. I still listen to it. I mean, I'm still blown away by it. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I just absolutely love that that piece of music. And you were you were kind of I think if I remember right, you were the last. Uh, cat on the whole record. I know because I was torn and stuff. And no, but it was like it was like the it was the bow. You okay. know, it was like it was the bow. It was the, bow. It, was the <laughs> it was the icing the on one top. Thin yeah. wafer. <laughs> no, I couldn't have any more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> just a thin mint. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, that scene doesn't end. That just no, keeps going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what was the name of these cats that you did all the gigs with? Create. Create. Yeah. So, how'd that work out? Yeah, so create, man. We did, you know, we played and we did, we did it. We actually did a, a this weird little like, like sextet record with Lynn Johnston playing uh, uh, sax and Chris Tyner playing um, 
trumpet and then Ray Raposa from this group called Castanets playing guitar. And that was kind of the beginning of me starting to... I wrote a tune called Sonny Chirac for that record. Wow. And then I, that was the beginning of me starting I to... I got to meet him. I no. I one gig with him. What? Yeah, it was in Buffalo. A real nice man. Really nice. Amazing. Man. He can play like a motherfucker. Dude, I, I think he's uncredited on some Miles records. I think so. I heard, I heard this funny anecdote about Miles calling him up and asking to borrow his amp. And then, like, Sonny said something like, Miles, you don't play guitar? And he just said, fuck you, and hung up. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole conversation. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah but, I didn't read that in the Quincy Troop. Uh, yeah, right? Autobiography. That, that's an amazing book, though. Oh, They're, I like it. Dude. It's one of the, I got George Hurley to read two books on tour. That one, yeah. and uh, either Woodward or Bernstein did that Wired, something on Belushi. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two books. Well, I, didn't, I didn't have to get George to read that one. He did yeah. that one at the time, but I said, come on, you got to read this. Because it was so, so trippy. Yeah, man. The way it's written, this life of music, even if he's bullshitting halfway. Yeah. There, there was some, I, there was some really heartbreaking stuff in there, man. We was oh, talking yeah. about Homegirl in Paris that he fell in love with. What about the two greatest disappointments in my life are my sons? I know dude, that was heavy. Book. It was heavy. Louis Raymond met one of his sons. He was beautiful, dude. He was at a photography thing <laughs> of his pop. Wow. Now Miles, I think, was a tripped out dude in a way. For sure. But still, he was, he was a man. He knew. I think he knew. He wasn't going to be Diz. But he knew how to put a band together, man. Mm-hmm. Well, he tried to steal Lifetime from Tony Williams, right? He, he told Tony, like, oh, like, you guys Tony just... was, what, a little kid dude, uh, when he first met him. But Tony turned him on to all that Archie Shep and Ornette, and, and that's in the book. Yep. Yeah, I love what he says yeah, about Tony. Loves right? Tony. Dude, I... Tony, wow. man. That, 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 not, yeah, now Miles was kind of an appropriator. Oh, for sure. A little bit. For but, sure. But he was necessary. He's a great cat. And for sure. Train went back and played with them twice, you know. So. Yep. Um, so what I, I evolved after Create after the six te- sextet? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was a record called A Prospect of Freedom that we did, and uh, I put that out on Sounds Are Active, and uh, I was just doing. Like no people, you might not know this is uh, Chris's label. When when did this come about? Oh, ninety nine, I think. Okay. I started putting putting out records and. I, you know, it was just a one-man operation, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So the more records you put out, I put out like 50 albums and like I put, I put out a movie called 40 Bands, 80 Minutes with yeah, all these right, cats right. in it. And it got to the point where I was like, man, I'm not making music. I'm like pushing papers right. and you know what I mean? And like filling out database <laughs> spreadsheets and stuff. I'm like, so I, 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 had to, I had to make a choice to say like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to put that stuff down and I'm just going to focus on playing music and yeah. and eventually out of uh you know out of the create stuff uh i heart lung popped yeah. up yeah. and that was so it's it kind of saved me in a way because it was just me and tom stick mm-hmm. it's just guitar and drums i didn't yeah. have to worry we like day one we went on tour it was just like we we were supposed to do a show show got canceled yeah so we went to this place you remember that place little rock re- re- rehearsal studios the show got canceled. We went to Little Rock. We recorded a record that night. Damn. So we're just like, well, shit. Like, what? We could do anything. A thing came up where the you know it was like supporting uh, this group Wooden Wand and the Vanishing Voice, and then Castanets on tour. And it was like, well, can you guys do a thirty date 
tour. And I was like, well, yeah, there's just two of us. Like, there were no logistics. Yeah. It was like, Tom, can you do it? Yeah, I could Econo. do it. Totally Econo, right? Yeah. So we just went on tour. We did a, the whole U.S. That was the first time, this was 2006, that, the first, that I'd been around the country doing that. Because, you know, I got a family. I got two kids. Sure, sure. You know, my, my daughter was born in 98. My son was born in 2001. So... That was not a prospect where I was just like, I'm going to go gallivanting around. I mean, i got to take care of my family, you know. But that opportunity came up, and I did that. And then when we came back, we started working on that Intro-Oceans record, and then we had Lynn play on it, and Nels Nels played on it, Anthony Shattuck. And and then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, I'm really proud of that album. And then uh, that just, I feel like that kind of, you know, I started producing stuff for other people and, you know, doing some session stuff and helping other cats put records together and you know still learning uh that's what life's about i like that that's the philosophy i'm trying to embrace chris here's something new from uh the holland tunnel orchestra
chest we can do without because the first one up is the first to drop the first one down <laughs> <laughs>
She cries, she cries With the devil in her eyes She moans, she sighs With the torture of past lives Well, if you want to stay alive Stay away from Satan's pride She screams, she screams To the demon of her dreams She dies, she dies Right in front of your own eyes Last call, last call Now pick her off the fucking wall Make love be well From the bedroom down in hell her smile, her frown You won't know if you're up or down But then she plunges in the night Well, stay away from Satan's pride She dies, she dies Right in front of your own eyes She soars, she soars She's gone to hell and back for more If you want to stay alive Well, stay away from Satan's pride Satan's pride is legend Well that's what people say Better not insult her Or there'll be hell to pay Say your love will win out And Satan's pride be free But it's too late She can't be saved From unholy matrimony Oh yeah Nightmare, nightmare What's full of life Now nothing's there Slow death, slow death She'll suck your drive with nothing's left All because you couldn't tell That Satan's pride can straight from hell Well, all because you couldn't tell, yeah That Satan's pride can straight from hell
One, two, three, four, three, left. Got the seal. Hurry, side. Hurry, killer. Point that out. Say that. Hurry, side. Hurry, killer. Bring the window. Got my head. Bring it out. Cause you're a fucking idiot. Got my head. something live called Marmorous and we had uh, Crema from uh, Giovanni Adopo Gin and uh, Greg Turner who used to play guitar for Angry Samoans with uh, Satan's oh, yeah. Bride he teaches calculus in uh, college in uh, near Santa Fe that makes sense Mexico yeah <laughs> you know same guy who wrote it you know they saved Hitler's cock right? <laughs> okay Fragment from Fruit uh, I think that was done in Long Beach uh, Bricklayer something live from Old, old Husker Du or something old from Husker Du, that's what I should say. And then finally, Crazy Women Drivers with Infested with Your Love. I think that's Long Beach, too. Uh, so, you really ain't, you can't do the tour thing so much. So you're thinking about more about playing in the studio, helping people out, production, yeah. putting out things. Yep. Yeah, and then little by little, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll go out on the road like maybe once a year now. Okay. And I'll go out for like, a week or two but not whalers yeah man when I was gone for a month I thought yeah. I came back and I felt like my kids were like different right. like they they grew and they were 
They had ex- all these experiences. My pop was a sailor. Yeah. I hardly saw him as a boy at all. Yeah. So it's one of the reasons why I never had kids because of this life. It yeah. is. And I, I understand. I understand. I, I'm glad you, you're sensitive to that and not just so much about, you know, oh, solo mio. No, man. You know, you know so you're thinking about that's great that they get to grow up. Yeah, so now I'll go out maybe for like a, a week or two in the summertime because yeah. it's like they got time, they got activities. Yeah, dad gets to do his thing, and yeah. you know, because there is a certain amount of like wanderlust. You know, Joni Mitchell used to talk about that all the time, and like the refuge of the road. And I don't have that. I love, and, uh, I love my home. You know, I love my family. So yeah, but there's something about. But there, yes, there is. You know, what I mean, I think it'll help you appreciate a little bit home Definitely. even more. That's right. Now. Maybe not the Don Quixote thing where you <laughs> go out the windmills, but right. maybe a little bit. But you roam, you roost. Everybody's got to find their own balance to it. It's good, I think, to get some firsthand experience about out of your town. But a commitment to your place, that's very important. Yeah. Yeah, and especially your family and uh, your kids, which are the next shift. Yeah, man. And they're already, I mean, my are daughter's playing? playing. Yeah. My daughter's, we, we bought a piano. Yeah. And, and it, we bought an organ over here at Cheap. You know, cheap yeah. over off of uh, was it Gaffy? Yeah, they I went in there with the family and uh, they had a, a old Hammond one twenty two an L one twenty two with Tony Banks from Genesis used to play, and like it didn't work, it was all jacked up. And my son turned it on, and we fixed it up, we bought it, took it home. Daughter, this was over the summer, this last summer. My daughter come home every day from summer school, Beatles tunes. Right? She's like, how, how do you play a major seventh? And I was like, well. We got her a chart, chord chart. She's sitting there. She's like, well, what's this? I don't know what's a nine. What's this nine chord? I was like, all right, well, let's figure this stuff out. Curiosity is the best thing. Yeah, so she started doing that. But it's like, you know, they're always learning, teaching them. I end up learning more. That's right. That's an old uh, thing. Look, look, if somebody asks you to give some kind of advice, yeah. and looking back on your music journey, what would you say? Man, I don't know. I think I just my my kind of mantra has just been about just learning. You know, that's all I want to do. Advice you would tell a just, young person getting into music. Yeah, don't stop. Don't you have stop to, yeah, don't stop learning and don't stop teaching yourself. I mean, like even just this last year, I I went out and uh, I took a lesson with um, Carol Kay. Badass bass, dude. She was intense. Ocean side or something. Yeah, she was like way out, like Newhall. Newhall, right. So I went out there and. I mean, you know, because she had this kind of, she's got this thing where, she, you know, she was a jazz guitarist, not a bass player. No, she right? So she was kind of, she has this thing where it's like, man, I'm, I know more than what I got to show on a lot of these records. And so I just went to her and she's like, well, what do you know? What do you want to learn? And I said, treat me like I don't know anything. I'll start me from the, from the beginning. So, and I've been playing guitar for like 20 years now. Yeah, yeah. But I think like that, you know, that desire to learn and then also like that humility right like to just come take take me back to square one like every day i should be able to like start back over again and just say hey look i know yeah i put out all these records or i played with all these people yeah doesn't mean anything today we're doing a new thing beautiful really beautiful thanks for being on the show Chris. thank you man keep bringing the music i want to keep playing on the show okay good luck and with the family learning get your little uh Jerry Lewis. Uh, <laughs> it's been the uh, May 1st, uh, 2013 edition of Watt for Pedro Show, people. Happy May Day.
keep your powder dry. <laughs>